a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification. Is a daily drowning of the flesh and, the, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. And that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. Excellence in Christian journalism. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> That's so obnoxious. Why is that obnoxious? You're totally serious radio host. You, yes. Treating serious topics seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Laughing only a little bit. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Do you remember that time we tried to go without laughing? Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> I, I thought I could get you, and I started telling Jim Gaffigan jokes. I thought for you sure. almost did. I was dying <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> All right. Well, in today's uh, episode oh, of Excellence oh, in Christian Journalism, we got Catcher Wire coming on the show. We got a. This is a Jane's treadmill warning. My arch nemesis, my Bible be arch nemesis, Brian Redeemer, aka Redeemer Theological Academy, Catcher coming on the show. Uh, Brian, uh, aka Brian the Greater. According to Jeff on issues, etc. Is oh, is on. that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go on that other radio show, remember that issues, etc. Radio show. I'm, I send them all these notes and everything. Hey, here I'm ready, and they're like, ah, not as good as Ketchumire. Uh, you know, I think yeah. Today is the duel of the regular guests of issues, etc. Uh, and that is yeah. uh, Brian v. Brian. Um, we're gonna do a little uh, see see who's a little bit quicker on the draw. Uh, playing Ask a Ninja Pastor. Um, we're going to do some lightning rounds of that. That'll be fun. Yep. And then I don't. I, that's all I have down. So I kind of uh, jokingly put in uh, for segment four, Ask Pastor Ketchemeyer Anything. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that, that goes. I just posted on the new website, whatdoesthismean.org, which is the Around the Word uh, website that we got kicking back up. So visit that. Shameless Fantastic. <laughs> this is this whole show, this is what the show is. Anyhow, they haven't figured that Ketchumire, out yet. Ketchumire wrote an article for that. Oh, like in January, five guy, five rules for reading the. Oh, remember we interviewed him about that right when he wrote the article. I, five I rules for that reading had, the New Old Testament. But he, I remember him objecting to the term rules. Right, he wanted it to be guidelines, like in Pirates of the Caribbean. They're more like guidelines. Is parlay one of the rules? <laughs> so these are. This is uh, posted now. On the internet for everyone to see. Was it secret? And so we can talk now? about that. Well, no, but nobody knew about it. What's the difference? <laughs> well, I don't ask the Calvinist. Secret is it something between being. There's a difference between something being secret and just people being ignorant. So up to now, everybody was ignorant about this website, but now they're not so ignorant. All right, that's good to know. 
First, before we dive into the show proper, let's talk about some theological buzzwords. Oh, yeah. uh, mine is a theological buzz fray uh, yeah, brought to yeah. you by uh, your favorite theological website and mine, theopedia.com. Lord, uh, non-lordship salvation. Have you heard of this what? before? Non-lordship salvation? Non-lordship salvation. Jesus is not my Lord? <laughs> this is also known as easy believism. Oh, I've heard of that. Everything's got to be an ism. I know. The popular slogan for the view that one simply has to believe in order to be saved, and there is no corresponding need for a committed life of Christian discipleship. Hmm. It says the result is the idea of personal sanctification is divorced from justification. What is personal sanctification? In, as a, that's an opposite of impersonal sanctification. I know. It's like, man, my sanctification is so impersonal. <laughs> It's not. It's got no personality. <laughs> you take him to parties. You take your sanctification to parties, and he's always just sitting in the corner. Sanctification, get with the program. <laughs> hey, could you guys invite my sanctification out for you know cocktails? He has a hard time getting to know people. I mean, this this whole thing is riddled with with false assumptions. For example, this next sentence says the term "carnal Christian" is used to describe such a, a, a supposed Christian. Who once made a decision but has not continued in discipleship? Hmm. Isn't this amazing? So, so at first you have uh, decision theology that in order for you to be saved, and you're saved by grace alone through faith alone, but in order for one to be saved, you Access have to make a decision. decision alone. Yeah, right. Yeah, but so you have to make a decision in order to be saved. Now that, uh, that's all God's doing. But why are some of you not continuing in your discipleship? You must not be true Christians. <laughs> I mean, uh, Paul, Paul said something about that. He says, having been have received the Spirit by faith, are you now being made perfect by the law? Oh, I know. It's <laughs> that equals falling from grace. Uh, let, let it be anathema. <laughs> right? I mean, the, the uh, one who says that if you... Take it easy. Okay. You're getting fine. a little carried away. I know. Well, I am a Fort Wayne grad, though, so... You are... <laughs> Well, what's your buzzword then? What do you have? My buzzword comes from the whatdoesthismean.org website, the new website for Table Talk Radio, or for Around the Word. <laughs> this article Get your by... shameless plugs straight, man. <laughs> That's right. Your platforms uh, for other... Okay, go ahead. Hey, guys, you should listen to Table Talk Radio. Oh, wait, wait. You are. <laughs> this comes from uh, Pastor Bob Hiller has a column on there, which is top five, and his first essay, his first article is top five Latin phrases every Lutheran should know. Uh, so I got three buzzword, five buzzword options for you. You ready? Wow. I'm, Number five. Well, first of all, I want to say that I'm amazed that you're giving them all at once. I would think this would be show prep for the next five weeks, but go ahead. No, there's going to be tons more on <laughs> okay, so, uh, what does this mean.org. Go take a look. Sola incurvatus se, extra nos, simul justus et peccator, and number one, vermum domini manat in aeternum. Ah, <laughs> the, is that the word of the Lord endures forever? Yeah. Ah, the verbs wonderful. of the Lord. Verbum domini, the verbs of the Lord endure forever. I don't know about the nouns. I mean, I'll, now I'll admit to you, my Latin is not the greatest. What? <laughs> In fact, I saw these and I thought they were in Hebrew. Was that? <laughs> So which one do you want? Why is, why is someone writing Danish on a swimsuit? <laughs> um, sola. Sola. You love that one. 
Huh. Solo means alone or only. Reading from this article, what does this mean? dot org. Yet solos never alone. In lovely Lutheran lingo, there are five solas: sola gratia, grace alone; sola fide, faith alone; sola Christo, Christ alone; sola scriptura, scripture alone; sola dola gloria, to God alone be the glory. The formula in English usually reads something like this: We're justified, declared right before God by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Christ's work alone. And when it comes to the authority in the church is found, we confess that it is found in the Scripture alone as our sole norm of faith and life. All this maintains that God alone is glorified in his work. Alone. Alone. Sola. All right. Got it. To hear, to meditating on the word sola make you a little bit lonely? Hey, someone tagged me in a f- post on Facebook, and they're saying, hey, we want to know the number for the uh, who wants to date a seminar- seminarian hotline. Hmm. You know that? I'm, t- I'm thinking about bringing it back as a ministry, you know? Everyone has to have a ministry. And so we could get the names of all the single seminarians. You know, remember how lo- those lonely days? Do you think maybe, like, I don't know, your pulpit and altar could be your ministry? Hey, take it easy. <laughs> Let's go to the email box at questions at tabletalkradio.org to see what uh, people are talking about who listen to this crazy uh, show. Uh, what do you have there, Pastor Wolf? I got tons of emails. Uh, where is this one from our OCB? Uh, well, you have two minutes to find it and read it. Okay. Uh, oh, this one's way too long. Who wrote this one? Please keep it no, all about the base parody. No, one, excellent. no, this is too long. Here I am. Oh, the OCB writes, asking you shall receive. Where is the OCB TTR? I'm right here, ready to spring into action, whatever you're desperate for assistance, and shine that tulip-shaped spotlight in the right clouds, and I'm ready to lift you back <laughs> up into mediocrity. Take it easy, OCB. Whoa. I just listened to show number 315, where you talk a little bit about presuppositional apologetics. Evan's description was in the right direction. But being reformed, I can give you some more helpful details. <laughs> nice. I like it. The, the central analogy of the presuppositionalist is that an atheist is like a little girl who needs to climb up into her father's lap to be able to slap him in the face. They major in proof by contradiction impossibility of the contrary and their arguments are always in the form of if there's no god then there can be no absolute universal law of x but there are and the atheists know it so there must be a god the three x's they used most are nature logic and morality so there right. you go so i was thinking about this later maybe um uh, I, wait wait I, you should read down to the bottom evan is correct that these these uh <laughs> guys are super annoying <laughs> that's right they love to get in and, a, and groove and just say the same thing over and over again without ever getting to anything positive actual arguments or gospel presentation at best they make their opponents look foolish most of the internet jockeys out there only succeed in making themselves look foolish but in any case they're all annoying and then he says this is where i think you guys have an opportunity to advance the state of the art you've already got the annoying part down <laughs> but maybe with your lutheran love for law and gospel, you can bring some fresh content to the field of presuppositional apologetics. Looking well, forward well, to hearing what you come up with. I'm not OCD, sure if we're the ones TR. qualified to do that, but we'll we'll give it a shot. You know, I'm totally against this idea of content. I have another analogy that might help us understand the presuppositional view. You know yeah. how sometimes you'll buy a software program and all the content of the software program is embedded in there in the download or the in- installation, yeah. but you have to maybe buy further things to unlock it. You know, so the yes. presuppositionalist supposes that the person already has uh, all the the or at least has a knowledge of God. It's just that they're suppressing it in the in their own sin, in their own righteousness. And to speak, then the word of God to them is going to unlock their knowledge of God. I see. I don't know if that helps, but I'm uh, getting closer to understanding. All right, we'll be right back. Now we wanna be with you. 
Talk Radio. After a while, you just get used to it. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. On the line right now, we have with us uh, Pastor Brian Ketchmar. He's well-renowned, worldwide uh, famous theologian for his exposure on some other radio uh, show. Welcome, Pastor Ketchmar. Yeah. You know what uh, Jeff call of Issues Etc., or the other radio show, called you, Brian? He called you Brian the Greater. <laughs> <laughs> And, Which um, is about to change, ladies and gentlemen. About about one minute and forty three seconds ago, Pastor Ketchmeyer learned what he was doing on the air today. Oh yeah, and uh, that giving me a huge advantage. <laughs> that is uh, uh, ask a ninja pastor, oh, and uh, uh, Pastor Ketchmeyer, I think, probably has his uh, bandana on and uh, ready ready to go. Now, how this works is I'm going to ask you questions. And these are questions about the small code articles and the treaties. And uh, your task will be to answer as many of these theological questions as you can. And we're going to do it in three minutes. And then we'll ask the same questions to Pastor, uh, Pastor uh, Wolfmuller. Yeah, we play two rounds. The small called articles in the treaties. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I have not. He hasn't not. read them in like years. Don't worry about. That's it. Right. Yeah, right. That's right. I don't even know what you're talking about. Small called oh, articles. That, that that's what someone thought that the German uh, bikinis were called. Small called. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Pastor don't, off don't worry. We're going to put him in the sound booth here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. do executive session. So you're going to go to executive session for three minutes, and uh, we'll let Pastor uh, Ketchumai. Now, Pastor Ketchumai, you can, if you if you would strategically choose to skip a question, you may pass, but that counts a point against you. So you might want to uh, just kind of keep that in mind. You know, so I can't see what Wolf Miller's doing. So does he have a Book of Concord open in front of him? Is this I how have, this game goes? Yeah, I have no, no I'm, idea. I'm checking Facebook. Don't worry. Yeah. Normal <laughs> normal recordings. Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about that. Okay. So, so this so, is a closed book test, so I'm not supposed to have it open like he does, right? You're right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, well, Pastor Ketchmeyer, say goodbye to Pastor Wolf Miller. Bye. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. Yeah, he's got, he can no longer hear us, and we can no longer hear him. So are you ready for your three minutes to begin of Ask a Ninja Pastor? You know, I think that I would just like uh, three minutes of silence without hearing Pastor Wolf. <laughs> I would, that's too. I would <laughs> that's the greater blessing right here. But uh, we delight to be able to hear you. So uh, if you're ready, I'll start the timer. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Why is the Mass rejected? Because it was the greatest of idolatries, it was seen as a sacrifice. It was seen as uh, something that uh, was done by the priest to appease God's wrath. Why? Uh, sorry, what are the consequences of Mass? The consequences of, of the Mass is that, uh, again, idolatry is that you're not looking to Christ and his work. You're actually looking to the work of the, the priest and to his indelible character that's giving to you this uh, this favor. He, he's earning this favor for you. So that's the consequence is idolatry and not looking to uh, Christ as the true God. Define transubstantiation and what did Luther think of it? Yeah, transubstantiation is a philosophical way to understand the 
the the Lord's Supper, when Jesus says, take and eat, this is my body, and take and drink, this is my blood, it's a philosophical understanding of, of trans, a substantia. The substance is a substantia. The trans is like to change, to transform. We have that, that understanding, that word. And so when the, the priest would speak, then you'd have the bread, uh, which would be the accident, uh, would, would not change. It would still look like bread. It would still smell like bread. It still would uh, taste like bread. But the essence of the, the bread would change the substance of what it actually is. So that when the priest would speak this word, then the bread was changed. It was transformed. It was transubstantiated into the very body of Christ. Uh, the same thing with the uh, the blood, the wine, that the wine still tastes like wine, looks like wine, smells like wine on the outside, the accidents to it, but the essence of it is changed to the blood. And so uh, Luther's position on this was, well, this is, this is a rationalizing, trying to make sense of the Word of God, rather than just uh, receiving it by faith and rejoicing in it, and looking at the text that says, this is my body, but then you look at another text that says, this, this bread that we break, is it not the body? Or this cup that we drink, or this, this wine, is it not the blood? And so Luther's perspective on it was, let's just uh, take it simply as uh, the Word of God gives it to us, that there is both uh, wine and uh, blood, there is both bread and there is body, uh, which is a very Christological understanding, just like you have the the uh, essence uh, uh, in, in the Son, that, that the Son of God is both truly God and truly man at the same time. And so you have something that's truly bread and truly body at the same time. So it's directly tied to the understanding of the Incarnation for Luther. Why is the Pope not the head of Christendom? Yeah, the, the issue with the, the Pope not being the head of Christendom is that uh, nowhere in Scripture does it declare that uh, the successor of Peter in the city of Rome will become the head of Christendom. So we, we don't have a command by God, we, we don't have an institution by God that puts this into place. Uh, this is something that develops in the history of the Western Church, and so the issue at hand is it, it's not by divine right, but instead it's by human arrangement. So if the Roman Catholics wanted to talk in regards to this earthly, horizontal realm of human arrangement, well, then we could understand the idea of, of a head bishop of other bishops, but still being equal. But the problem is they didn't want to talk this category. They wanted to talk that it's divine right that God himself has established this as the vicar of Christ on earth, and he oversees both the church and the state, too. And it's, it's based upon a, an idea that the Western church develops, and then they find proof texts to try to uh, supplement this. So we reject it because the proof texts are goofy. Uh, it's not something that comes from Scripture, and it's not something that comes from the history of the early Church. It's something that develops and is deformed into the uh, Middle Ages. And that's going to be all the time we have. We're going to bring uh, Pastor Wolfenthal back Whoa. in. And, uh, that seemed like, wait a minute, that seemed like more than three minutes Well, we me. talked about you for quite a while before we started. <laughs> all right, so uh, the number to beat is four. Four. Oh yeah! <laughs> Four. All right. So wait, let's wait let's, see. <laughs> let's see if you can do it. We'll then leave Pastor Ketchermeyer on because he's heard all these questions anyway. He's gonna heckle me. But Is before, he gonna heckle while uh, I try to answer. I, I cannot control whether he heckles or not. But uh, yeah, there's difference between quantity and quality. I, I <laughs> that's, think true. that's true. That's <laughs> true. Not in this game. <laughs> all right. Uh, before we run out of time, Pastor Wolfmiller, are you ready for your questions? Oh, yeah, man. I was born ready. 
All right. Uh, why is the mass rejected? Uh, because it offers a sacrifice of the body and blood of Jesus, unbloody sacrifice, instead of presenting the benefits of Jesus' once-for-all completed sacrifice on the cross. Done. What are the consequences of Mass? Uh, what are the consequences of Mass? It sounds like a physics question. <laughs> are you, you going to pass that? Um, oh, I know what you're talking about, Luther, where he says, the, um, he says the, there's all sorts of spawn of the doctrine of the Mass, uh, because it fights against the first article, which is Christ crucified. And that would be things like uh, purgatory, indulgences, the buying and selling of church services. Uh, even um, the idea of ghosts is uh, part of the spawn of the Mass. Ne- uh, done. Next. Define transubstantiation and what did Luther think of it? Whoa. This is the, this is the Catholic uh, doctrine of the Lord's Supper, which takes Aristotle's distinction between... Uh, between essence and accidents, and, and applies it to the Lord's Supper. So it says that while the accidents of the bread and wine remain the bread and wine, the essence is changed to the body and blood of Jesus. And Luther was indifferent on the thing. He said, look, at what we know to, to be true is what Christ said is true. This is my body, and this is my blood. Next. Why is the Pope not the head of Christendom? Uh, because Christ is the head of Christendom, and he never revoked that role and title. He is the head of the church, the body, uh, we, uh, which always belongs to him. Uh, and so he doesn't ha- need anyone to take his place on the earth. And the Pope proves himself not to be the head of the church, uh, first of all, because there is no such thing as head of the church, but secondly, because he teaches against the gospel. Uh, and so how could the head uh, teach against the very thing that the head teaches? Next. Would it help Christian unity to have the Pope as an honorary head of the church? Mm. Only if he taught true doctrine and only if he recognized that his head of the church was being head of the church was by human right and not by divine right, which two things are impossible. I mean, if you do those two things, teach right doctrine and claim to be have your office by human right, then you are no longer the Pope. Next. Why does Luther call the Pope the Antichrist? Because, well, so Paul says in Second Thessalonians that the Antichrist puts himself in the, uh, in the temple of God, that is in the church of God, and exalts himself above God. And, they, and Luther said that the Pope does these two things by presenting himself as the vicar of Christ on earth, first of all, and uh, by saying that uh, you owe him obedience for the sake of salvation, and, um, and third, by teaching that to... Wait, I said that third thing I was thinking already, that uh, you, had to, you have to believe in the Pope or you have to submit to the Pope to be saved. That is Antichrist. Next. Where does oh, sin come from? <laughs> oh, that's time right there. <laughs> well, you know, you're, getting, you're saying it every question, so I thought maybe, yeah, maybe I, you had I more to forgot. say. All right, you completed one, two, three, four, five, six, and that is round one of Ask a Ninja Pastor. Where when we get back from this upcoming commercial break, we'll see if uh, Pastor Ketchumari wants to rebuttal any of those answers and uh, give him a chance to do so. <laughs> but we'll have points. another round of uh, Ask a Ninja Pastor right after this. You are listening to the world famous Excellence in Christian journalism table talk radio if you have a comment or question for us you can send us a email questions at tabletalkradio.org or give us a call 1-800-385-SOLA 1-800-385-SOLA
it's not a radio show. It's a relationship. Stay tuned for more <laughs> Table Talk Radio. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. Oh, yeah, Kung Fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with expert timing. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Thank you. Thank Before you. the break, we were playing a little Aska Ninja Pastor. I was playing Pastor Ketramar. Who knows what he was doing? <laughs> Well, uh, Pastor Ketchum, would you want to take issue with any of the answers that Pastor Wolfman provided? Well, again, the, the, the issue is uh, uh, quality or quantity. is a game about uh, a quantity, uh, then, yeah. then I guess there's no issue. But if it's uh, a game where you're trying to learn something, then yeah, there's an issue. All right. Well, let's just... all the all the pe- all the thing people want to learn is who is faster at answering questions, and they know. Oh, they know. All right. Let, tell you what. Why don't we put Pastor Wolfmiller back in the sound booth? We're gonna just oh, executive shut session. his feet. Yeah. Now he's in executive session. He can't uh, hear us any longer. And uh, we'll give you another another round here. Again, three minutes, and we'll uh, start off with some more questions. Are you ready? Uh, I, I suppose so. But the other thing is that I, I do speak slower. Uh, Wolf Miller speaks a, quite a bit faster, so yeah, there's a, there's an issue there. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, keep that in mind. Okay, I will. I will. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll start out with the handicap here. Um, okay. Uh, the, your first question for round two is: Why is the law given? The law is given so that you know what God desires, and therefore it also shows how you cannot uh, meet that requirement because of the, uh, the fallen, corrupted human nature. Next. How does true <laughs> repentance begin? It begins by the, the Holy Spirit uh, turning your heart uh, through the means of grace uh, uh, and uh, coming to you and bringing death to the old man and life to the new man. Next. <laughs> Define active and passive contrition. <laughs> Active is active and passive is passive. Next. <laughs> what are the parts of repentance? <laughs> uh, that, that you actually have to be uh, remorseful. <laughs> you have to actually <laughs> confess your sin. You want to do better and believe that you have the forgiveness because of Christ. Next. <laughs> what is the difference between contrition and attrition? One starts with a C, the other one starts with an A. Next. <laughs> what are the three parts of Roman Catholic penance? Uh, that you go, you confess your sin, uh, that you receive a conditional absolution, then you get penance. Next. What is the connection between penance and purgatory? They both start with P. Next. What is the different forms of the gospel? There's only one form of the gospel. Next. What, uh, what views of baptism are rejected? Those who think it's symbolic and doesn't actually do anything. Next. What is the significance of the external word? That it comes from outside externally. Next. Why can Luther put enthusiasts in the papacy in one category? Because it's from the internal word in the heart that's flawed. Next. What two forms of excommunication are mentioned? Uh, the, the ones that kick you outside of the church, uh, which means you, you do not have a salvation, uh, and the one that uh, means you cannot partake of the Lord's Supper. Next. What is the Lutheran view of excommunication? The same as the Scripture. Next. Why is the practice of having a bishop ordained priest given up? 
be, because in English we, we don't have those words. Next. How is the change of practice justified? Sorry, how is uh, this because, change of practice justified? Because in our Senate we call them presidents. Next. What is the definition of the church? It's where the people of God gather together to hear the word of God. Next. What are the claims of the Pope? Uh, he claims that he's the vicar of Christ at church. Next. Uh, on earth. Uh, next. To whom are the keys given? The keys are, are given to the church. Next. What is meant by on this rock in Matthew 16? The confession of Christ. Next. Why is the Pope called the Antichrist? Oh, we had that before. Go ahead. Because he, he stands instead of Christ, and he, he speaks contrary to Christ. Next. Uh, that's, thir- that's three minutes right there. All right, let's uh, let's bring Pastor Wolfner back in. Um, what's so funny? I got to say, Pastor Ketchemeyer did an exquisite job this time. He he became a ninja during that break. Now that he understands the Six, game, seven. should only play once. What what are you doing? How many are you counting? Twenty points is the question to be. No. Is no. The, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Twenty. <laughs> Do you ask him questions from the catechism? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! He, the same questions he, you're going to get. I'm sure he's thorough teaching. Then, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, oh yeah. Mm, now I'm nervous. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right, you ready, Pastor Wolf Mueller? Oh yeah, man. All right. Twenty questions. Hold on, I'm not ready yet. Good. <laughs> think about that. How long was I gone? Let's see how many things I posted on Facebook. <laughs> All right. All you right. Ready? All right. I'm ready. Your first question is, why is the law given? Uh, For three reasons. As a a guide to show us how to live. Wait, that's the third reason. The first is as a curb to keep society in order, and the second is to show us our sin. Next. How does true repentance begin? Contrition over sin. The Holy Spirit showing you your sin through the preaching of the law. Next. Define active and passive contrition. Uh, active uh, active contrition is a thing that the Catholics made up. Passive contrition is feeling bad for your sins when the Holy Spirit gives you the law. Next. What are the parts of repentance? Contrition and faith. Next. What is the difference between contrition and attrition? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Skip. Ah! What are the three parts of Roman Catholic penance? Oh, for heaven's sakes. Do you sure you gave him the same questions? I'm positive. Oh, oh she knows all this stuff. Um... Um, the three parts of Roman Catholic pen, uh, so you have, first you have, oh, I don't know, so you go to, you have, uh, you go to confession, then second you're given penance, and then, I can't remember the third one. Mm, okay. Skip! <laughs> uh, what is the connection between penance and purgatory? For heaven's sakes. Uh, so penance is, is gets you time out of purgatory, so you get time, you, you, you you're, your debt of sin is added to when you commit a sin, and that debt is paid back through penance. And any debt that remains between you and perfection is, uh, is what you go through in purgatory. Next. What are the different forms of the gospel? Mm, oh, yeah, the gospel comes to us in many ways. The first is the preaching of the gospel. The second is baptism. Third is Lord's Supper. Fourth is, uh, is uh, confession absolution. Fifth is the mutual consolation of the brethren. Next. What views of baptism are rejected? Uh, in what? In the small called articles? Uh, yes. Any view that would deny baptism to babies and also disconnect uh, the forgiveness of sins from the gift of baptism? 
Next. What is the significance of the external word? Uh, the external word is the means through which the Holy Spirit comes to us to give gracious benefit. Next. Why can Luther put enthusiasts and papacy in one category? Because the Pope says that truth dwells in the shrine of his own heart. Next. What two forms of excommunication are mentioned? Uh, the greater and the lesser, the civil and the church, I think. Next. What is the Lutheran view of excommunication? That through uh, unrepentant sin or through false doctrine, a person removes himself from the fellowship of the church, and that is manifest through the office of the keys and binding the person in their sin. Next. Why is the practice of having a bishop ordained priest given up? Mm, what? Why is the practice of what? Of having a bishop ordained priest given up. Oh, yeah, because the Catholic idea of the sacrament of ordination is that the indelible character is transferred down from Peter uh, to you. But this is uh, a made-up fantasy. Next. That's time right there. So, one, two, three, four, five, How six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Minus two is ten. So ten to twenty is the score. Oh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> now, pa- I gotta go back and listen to his answers. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was be... like running with a bear chasing me there, trying to answer those questions. <laughs> oh yeah, Ketchelmeyer is now my new ninja pastor nemesis. <laughs> now, anything you want to take issue with that on uh, uh, Pastor Ketchelmeyer? Uh, yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. You got what is the answer to that question about um, the three parts of uh, of Catholic penance? Yeah, Pastor Ketchemeyer. Oh, that uh, you would go, you would confess your sin to the priest. Uh, he would give you a, a conditional absolution and the penance. So the three of the the, the penance, the confession, and the absolution. Oh. But the absolute okay. is a conditional based upon you actually completing the penance. So, so that was easy. So Luther takes what <laughs> Luther takes that and makes two parts of of uh, of repentance, um, not a, uh, a, con- a conditional absolution that's based upon a thing that you do. But he makes it simply sorrow for sin and then faith that it's it's a, a belief in the word of God, the promise uh, given to. Uh, by Christ through the pastor to the individual. So, I mean, Luther is pretty radical in this in this teaching that, hey, look, now it's not about my doing, it's about my believing. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's beautiful. That's great. <laughs> All right. When we get back from uh, this upcoming commercial break, what are we doing next? We're going to play a little Ask uh, Pastor Ketchemeyer Anything We've Ever Wanted To or yes. something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. We're going to think of something to deduct his points. <laughs> All right. Don't worry. We will be right back. Your question. You're listening to the one, the only Table Talk Radio in which ninja pastors are asked questions on the air, and they can answer twenty of them in three minutes. You can hear that nowhere else but here on Table Talk Radio. And if you have a comment or question for us, you can give it's us a unnatural. call one eight hundred three eight five SOLA one eight hundred three eight five seven six five two and five hundred points to me for getting the buzzword in. Oh. That's a buzzword. Sola. We'll be right back. You're on Table Talk Radio. Don't go away.
Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Table Talk Radio will be right back. Bring it. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Pastor Brian Ketchemeyer is uh, still on the line. He's here to get uh, jiggy with us uh, here on Table Talk Radio. And uh, we're going to go back. Theologically and, jiggy. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are uh, going to go back and look at some of these questions that Pastor Ketchemeyer answered so exquisitely. Um, like a ninja, not exquisitely. Like a ninja. Like a ninja yeah. with such uh, speed and, and precision. I get, I'm going to go back and listen. I'm not sure how he got through that bajillion <laughs> questions. Oh, yeah, he did. A little Just, suspicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, but some of those uh, ninja skills, uh, maybe we need to actually slow it down and, and uh, talk about it. <laughs> what, are you well, crazy? Well, I think uh, when, when uh, the listeners go back and listen, they might want to play it at half speed just so that they... <laughs> can hear all your answers. But but I, w- I opened up here um, to uh, paragraph two under uh, repentance on the small called, um, and uh, says this. Now, this is a thunderbolt of God by means of which he destroys both the open sinner and the false saint and allows no one to be right, but drives the whole lot of them into terror and despair. This is the hammer of which Jeremiah speaks, my word as a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces, Jeremiah 23. Uh, this is not active contrition, a contrived remorse, but passive contrition, true affliction of the heart, suffering, and the pain of death. There, there we have the distinction between uh, active and uh, passive contrition. Um, what's Luther saying there, uh, Pastor Ketchemeyer? Yeah, well, well the, the issue of contrition is this, this changing of the heart, and uh, this is something that's actually a work of the Holy Spirit. And the artificial kind of what he's saying on the outside, this pretend remorse, is something that's only external, that you, you try to, to make it manifest to others and say, oh, I'm really, truly sorry. So this is this artificial remorse uh, versus this passive is something that actually takes place to you. It's something that's happening to you. It's the change of the heart. It's in which you're being afflicted, in which you are uh, you're, you're suffering, and it's God is molding and shaping you in the midst of that. So that passive is something that's actually happening to you. So it continues on. It says, This office of the law, however, the New Testament immediately adds the consoling promise of grace through the gospel that we should believe, as Christ says in Mark 1, repent and believe in the good news. This is the same as become and act otherwise and believe my promise. Even before Jesus, John the baptizer was called a prophet of repentance, but for the purpose of the forgiveness of sins. That is, John was to convict them all and turn them into sinners that they would know how they stood before God and would recognize themselves as lost people. So what does this this word of God that, that comes to us uh, in our ears as the, the word is, is proclaimed, as the word is preached upon, um, how does it strike the person sitting in the pew? Again, this is this uh, external word that comes from outside, 
and it comes from outside. Uh, it enters into the, the ears so that it would actually then uh, uh, take root in the heart. Uh, this is where the Holy Spirit wants to use that external word in order to, to change the heart, to, to convict the heart, so that the heart can see uh, the sin. Uh, that this rebuking actually it reveals the sin that you have that you you're blind to you you don't see it uh, and so it's on the outside because it's somebody else has to uh, show it to you uh, it's something that you don't see because it, you're blind to it and so this external word comes uh, into the ear and then in the heart this is this internal working of the Holy Spirit again where it's passive that he's he's changing the heart he's turning the heart uh, this is the idea of conversion uh, the idea of changing the mind so now you see things differently you think things differently you you believe things differently you desire things differently how's that uh, because luther in the small cult is getting after the roman catholic view of repentance how how is it different um than uh i mean what's he what is he contrasting this with the big issue in that day, of course, is that you have the Latin scripture that's being used, so that whenever you'd have the text, it would say, repent, like this passage right here, repent and believe in the gospel. Uh, it would basically say, do penance and believe. <laughs> and so what he's counteracting is this artificial uh, contrition, which is seen in penance. So penance is supposed to show that you're sorry. See, you, you go to the priest and you confess and you say, I feel bad because I did the wrong thing. I, 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 I would desire to do better, and I know this is wrong. And so that the priest would basically say, we'll prove it by making satisfaction, and this is what penance is. And typically what happens is these, these satisfactions that are prescribed to you are very, very artificial. You know, you did something wrong, and so the priest says, we'll prove that you're really remorseful, by saying five Our Fathers and ten Hail Marys, or whatever it may be. And so Luther is going to the jugular on this, saying this is an artificial form that, that somebody it's, is man-made kind of a system that's been put into place. Whereas the Scripture talks about how it's the Holy Spirit who's actually changing the heart, changing the mind, so that now you have new desires, you have a new perspective, you see things differently, you believe differently. But that's all the work of the Holy Spirit. And this, of course, will then be made manifest in your actions. Uh, so the penance is prescribing these artificial actions. That, well, if you're really sorry, you will do X, Y, and Z. Whereas this true contrition in the work of the Holy Spirit will then be made manifest in the actions as the Holy Spirit is working in you. I wonder if this is part of what you're talking about. Paragraph 16 says, uh, Moreover, since no one knew how great the contrition should be in order to, for it to suffice before God, this uh, consolation was offered. Whoever could not have contritio or contrition should have attritio that what I might call a halfway or beginning contrition. For they themselves have not understood either word. They know as little about what is being said as I do. Such attritio was then counted as contritio when people went to confession. Is that sort of the same thing? (laughs) Right, right. And so this is the idea. Because, again, what penance is, is penance is making satisfaction. So you've done something wrong, and now you go to the priest to confess that you've done something wrong. 
Now, what you're confessing, it may be a violation of God's law, what God reveals to us in the Scripture, but at the same time, it may be a violation of man-made canon law, too, uh, that maybe you, you actually you ate meat on uh, a Friday when you weren't supposed to eat meat, or whatever it may be. And so that, that act, when you go to the priest, you say, I have done wrong, and then now he's going to give to you something to make up for it. That's this penance is a satisfaction. You're either going to satisfy this now or in the life to come. And so that's the connection with penance and purgatory. If you don't meet the satisfaction now, well, that's okay. That's why you've got a conditional absolution. Then you're going to have to go through purgatory. But just keep in mind that in purgatory, you're going to have to stay there a little bit longer. <laughs> so it's to your advantage to go ahead and do the satisfaction now instead of waiting until this time in purgatory, because you're going to have a little bit of interest on it, if you will. <laughs> and so... And so the problem is you do these things, the priest says, do five Hail Marys, five Our Fathers, and then you sit back and you still feel bad about it. You still feel guilty, or you may feel shame. And so you never know if you've done enough, and so you want to go back and you want to do more, because you're trying to satisfy this, this guilt that you have. And this is the problem. You can't artificially satisfy this guilt. There's only one who can satisfy uh, this, this need here, and that's Christ because only Christ in his sacrifice can pay this price, and only Christ then can atone for sin and make complete and full plenary satisfaction for all sin. Hey, I want to... Did Luther just say that he didn't know the difference between contrition and attrition? It is true. And did he also say that nobody else knows? And did I also right, say right, I yeah, didn't yeah. know <laughs> and lose a point? <laughs> <laughs> In well. fact, the answer I don't know should be the right answer there. <laughs> anyway, um, Pastor Ketchenwire, uh sometimes uh, people are surprised, even lifelong Lutherans sometimes are surprised to hear that that Lutherans practice confession and absolution. Um, how would you, with just about a minute and a half here, how would you respond to someone who is surprised to hear that Lutherans would practice confession and absolution? When Luther talks about this, uh, he's talking about this use of private confession and absolution. He says, what we're going to do is we're going to reform what was deformed, and we're going to get rid of this artificial notion of penance, that you have to make a satisfaction for your sin. But he makes it very clear that even though this has been deformed in the past, and it is a derivative of the office of the keys, it should not be neglected. That, on the contrary, we in the Lutheran Church will maintain this, we will continue to use this, and we shall continue to hold this as a very precious uh, treasure that we have, that the individual would come to the pastor and say, I feel remorse, uh, I feel guilty before God, and the pastor would be able to give them the unconditional gospel and say that, yes, even this sin, Christ has made satisfaction for. Oh, that, that's great. And so, so now um, Luther gives the confidence to the one uh, repenting uh, and, and confessing sins to receive uh, forgiveness from the pastor as if from God himself. So it's all about certainty rather than what was given in Rome, uh, uncertainty. Uh, with just about 15 seconds, your last word on that, Pastor Ketchemeyer. Well, that's the whole issue of faith. Faith has to rest in a promise of God. God gives us, to the, gives us the promise that for the sake of Christ, we now have favor with the Father. And so 
faith then clings to this promise, uh, even in the midst of all kinds of shame or guilt or uh, feelings of remorse, that we know that Christ's word is true and certain and sure. And that's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the game, Thanks ask for a ninja to this edition of Table Talk Radio. <laughs> what? Table Talk Radio. <laughs> that's a well thought out, well Please consult game. your pastor before this game is to Table dumb. Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.